are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday midweek episode of Locked On Pelicans. We're going to dive into some Drew Holiday news. We're going to get into the draft, the top of the draft. Anyone interested in Tyrese Halliburton and is this a guy that the Pelicans could or should trade up for? And then finally, we've got some news on the assistant coaches coming and going with your New Orleans Pelicans. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pels. Now, before we get into the Drew Holiday stuff, the NBA draft is days away and the Locked on NBA podcast, our national show, which I co-host on Wednesdays, but I'm not on there today because... We've got the Locked On NBA mock draft going on. We mock draft every first round pick. I made the selection for the Pelicans at 13. You can listen to that on Friday to hear who I chose. We have every host drafting for their teams, and these are the local experts. They know these teams better than most national people. So when you see a national person do a mock draft, it's probably good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as insightful for every pick as it is when you have that individual person who covers that team on a day daily basis doing it. So listen to the Locked On NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft to hear the predictions of each pick, an expert analysis from Chad Ford, the Athletics' John Hollinger, and Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. Check the feed to catch up on past shows and don't miss a pick. Subscribe to Locked On NBA today wherever you get your podcasts. Also, something of note, we saw the Pelicans on their official Twitter account and other social media release a new teaser of the City Edition jerseys. These are the Flag of New Orleans jerseys, to to make it a little bit simpler. The instant reaction to those when a, a leak came out of it was... Not good. These aren't great, right? I think that was everything. I did an episode on it being like, yeah, these don't look all that great. Like, they'll probably be fine in the end, but they're not really good. And frankly, I don't think a lot of people associate the flag of New Orleans with much or really, you know, outside of the city really know what it is. And it's not something that someone who's lived here for a long time now really thinks about a whole lot. But flag jerseys can work. We've seen it in Chicago. Well, the Pelicans released a teaser showing off some more parts of the jersey. It wasn't the full thing. We saw, I think, part of the shorts in there, by the way. And the teaser makes these look really good. That leak that came out before, I believe, was an early and rough concept of what the jersey would look like. It was not a finished product whatsoever. So that jersey that you saw on that model without the shorts, too, which is important with this sort of thing was probably an early mock-up, an early concept of it, and ends up being changed a lot and refined and likely looking a whole lot better. I believe these are being announced and revealed very soon, but nothing set just yet. I don't have a date on that, but it is coming soon. And so expect to them to be very different than what you, not very different, but different than what you saw before, and hopefully a whole lot better. And it's also one of those things like you've got to see them on players for you to know whether these look really good or not. And so when we get the official unveiling with it on players, I think that'll help a little bit. So I'm excited to see what the final result ends up looking like. All right, finally, Drew Holiday News. And there's a report out there. The Pelicans are looking to get a third team into the Drew Holiday mix so that they, as a facilitator so that they can get Drew to a contender. To this, I just kind of say, duh. Like, 
this is how this was probably always going to go. I was actually getting ready to do when I was planning up today's show to do an episode that's like, here's why the Miami Heat aren't trading for Drew Holiday. And like, that's what it was going to be. Drew Holiday makes so much damn sense for them. But you know what? They're not going to be able to swing the trade because they're not going to give up Tyler Hero. Because if Drew Holiday is an upgrade for your team right now, how much of an upgrade for your team does he become if you lose Tyler Hero? It's not that much of one at that point. You're trying to add Drew Holiday to the team that made the finals, and Tyler Hero was a big part of that. That's going to be the same for any contender. If Drew Holiday is a 100 and Tyler Hero, just to make the numbers easy, is a 75, yeah, you still upgrade your team, but if you lose Tyler Hero, you're only upgrading it by 25. You, it, it's a bad uh, an analogy. I don't know. Example. But you guys get what I'm trying to say here. So you want to upgrade your team significantly, not just a little bit. And frankly, Hero in two, three years is probably going to be better than Drew Holiday is. So they want to try and get Drew Holiday to their team without giving up a whole lot of those type of assets in a deal. It makes it really tough to get it done. That's probably why you need a third team to get into the mix to try and facilitate this trade, to send the Pelicans back more desirable assets for the Heat to do something. Maybe it's taking on a long-term bad contract or something like that. Nick Batum, if it's Charlotte, get some of that stuff off the books. And then you can kind of make this deal work. It's not easy to try and predict and project three team trades or anything like that. But it's no surprise the third team is going to be in a mix. And when they say contender, only contenders want Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday isn't going to go to the Charlotte Hornets because there's just no need for them to trade for Drew Holiday. And that goes for any bad team. They're not interested in trading Drew Holiday unless they're trying to make the jump to contention right now, in which case you'd probably call him a contender in some capacity. So I know a lot of people want to read into this of being like, Drew Holiday wants out, he wants a trade. Some of it could be that. But I also just think some of this is just kind of like the natural assumption on how things would go. Contenders want Drew Holiday. Bad teams don't because it doesn't make any sense for them to give up assets for Drew Holiday. Only one that would maybe make some sense would be the Atlanta Hawks. So there you go. There's your Drew Holiday update. This will probably keep going through every week of the season and probably is going to get a little bit more intense into the draft. And we'll have more to talk about that tomorrow on Locked On Pelicans. Coming up, is there another target other than maybe Killian Hayes, who I want the Pelicans to trade up and draft, that the Pels could be looking at? And is it Tyrese Halliburton? We'll give you a breakdown of the point guard out of Iowa State coming up. And then in the third segment, we've got some assistant coaching news as well. But before we get to all of that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is really that simple. Built Bars are great for the health conscious person that's looking to lose or maintain weight while trying out a protein bar that is straight up delicious. These things are soft. They're easy to chew. They're not dry. They're not chalky like most protein bars you've tried before. They're covered in 100% real chocolate and you're going to think you're eating a candy bar, especially with flavors like lemon to almond cheesecake, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate, toffee almond. I could go on and on and on. I eat one of these things daily and that's because they're high in protein, low sugar, low calorie and high in fiber. That's what I'm looking for in a protein bar. There's some that have 19 grams of protein and 180 calories and some with 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. So you're not having wasted all that time doing cardio after eating one of these things because the calorie count is so low. And if you've ever tried built 
Bars before through the Locked On promo code. You can do it again. And if you've never tried them, well, now's your chance to get 20% off your next order. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, that is promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for you all breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's the draft, free agency, coaching search, Drew Holley, all that stuff we covered here Monday through Friday, no paywall. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So we've heard rumors that the Pelicans are looking to potentially move up into this draft, in this draft. And I think some of it has to do with all the second round picks they have. And if they can move, package some of those and move up a spot or a couple, like that would definitely be a good thing. But also it does seem like if you want a point guard, there's one or two in this draft that you can really go after and get that does look like they have all-star level potential. I'm not talking about LaMelo Ball, who's going to go one, two, or three. And I don't see the Pelicans getting up into that spot. But I think a guy like Kill Hayes that I'm high on looks like at seven eight if he does drop that far you could grab him and he've got your point guard of the future but another guy that really does fit into some of that that I haven't talked about much is Tyrese Halliburton the point guard out of Iowa State he is a guy that kind of fits that mold too he is very much a playmaker and a guy who does have all-star level potential to be the lead guard and creator on a team I've seen in different mock drafts him falling a little bit more so than he was before I think this is someone that is a realistic get it that seven eight nine range maybe six just kind of depending it also might depend on where Killian Hayes goes what happens to James Wiseman and Denny as well there's a lot of unknowns in this draft and could go any number of ways but Tyrese Halliburton sophomore guard out of Iowa State who's got pretty good size He's 6'5 with a 6'8 wingspan, so he's got those kind of physical tools in terms of length that you want to see that point guard uh, have. Averaged 15.2 points per game last season on 6.5 assists and 6 rebounds per game. That's all pretty good. This is kind of what you want. He's a good spot-up three-point shooter, but more importantly... He's aggressive. He's willing to drive and attack the rim and try and create for others through those methods. I think he's a guy that could do really well here in New Orleans. He's a very efficient shooter too, a very efficient scorer. His three-point shot was 42% in college last season. It should project really well at the NBA level. He's a guy that I think can be really, really good. He's going to give you basically stats all across the box score. Now, there's a couple of downsides with him, I think, as well. But before we get to some of that and a little bit more on him, I'm going to play clips from both Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks, who's kind of our draft expert here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and Chad Ford. But let's start with Brad here. Basically, I've seen him mocked very, very high. Um, I both get it and I also don't get it in some ways. He's a super bizarre prospect and not in a bad way. I've always kind of liked Halliburton and now I feel like I don't, which is uh, unfortunate because I've always been high on him. I think the the love fest is a little bit out of control right now in some respects, but 6'5 with a legit 6'10-ish wingspan. He's extremely long, a little bit older. He'll be 21 in February. So, uh, you know, a year plus older than Maxi, for instance. Um, definitely very weird, but shoots the ball really well. 43% from three over two seasons in college. Kind of a weird shot, but it always went in in college. Great defensive metrics in terms of blocks and steals for his size in college. And he's an incredibly good passer, um, good body control guy, etc. On the flip side, there are some weaknesses. Uh, you know, athletically, he's not a, a bursty guy at all. Like he's very limited for a backcourt player in terms of athleticism and burst. Um, and I think the point guard ideal 
kind of ends there for me, but we'll come back to that. And then defensively, his feel is awesome. Like he's a really, really smart basketball player on both ends of the floor, but he's not strong at all. Uh, he got picked on, I thought, quite a bit actually in college as a one-on-one on-ball guy. And I worry about him being picked on in the NBA in a one-on-one matchup because he's just not physically strong at all. He's going to get stronger, but uh, his off-ball defense is much better than his on-ball defense right now. So we'll see how that all goes. Um, I have more, but uh, we'll stop there. What do you think of Halliburton? Because uh, not that he's super polarizing, but he's just such a weird prospect. So Brad hits on a couple of really good points and seems to be a little bit more down on Halliburton than say I am. I don't I don't know if I would tra- you know if I had the chance of taking Halliburton in the top 4 that I would do it. But at 7, 8 and if you could move up from 13, 5, 6 spots, yeah, I definitely think that that is uh, a good guy to go after. I think his athleticism is athleticism isn't terrible but it's definitely not top end but he's such a smart playmaker and he's so good at getting to the rim that I do think you can create for others that way and you know what it'll be fine and sometimes that's okay here he does try and avoid contact at the rim which is not something I like we see it kind of with um, Lonzo Ball where uh, part of that's the reason he doesn't even attack but at least Halliburton does but if you're not trying to draw fouls I worry a little bit because you're going to have Zion Williamson here too, and that should be a strength of this franchise is getting to the free throw line and getting guys that want to get to the free throw line. And Halliburton, to be fair, is not really a guy that is actively like, yes, let's get to the free throw line and draw fouls. Though he shoots well from there, 82%. That concerns me a little bit. Defensively, one-on-one, while he's a smart guy, his stance is too high. You can see it. He's just not low enough to the ground. He doesn't have a good center of balance, and he's going to get kind of moved around a lot. If he can figure that out I think he'll be fine on the defensive side of the ball to the point where he will be a good defender maybe not elite like Drew Holiday is but a good defender and then his shot is weird and Brad mentioned it his shot's weird but it went in right and we've seen though New Orleans with Fred Vincent who's back now you can kind of mitigate some of that and avoid some of that and work on that as Lonzo Ball did kind of retooling his shot a whole bunch this past offseason to the point where at least last year he was a good three-point shooter Now I'm going to play you all what Chad Ford has to say about Tyrese Halliburton. A point guard, shooting guard out of Iowa State, sophomore, can really play both positions. Great versatility, great intangibles off the court. Uh, Scouts really love everything that they hear about him. Great feel for the game, creates offense for himself. He is probably the most NBA-ready of the prospects that we're talking about here at the top. And it's just one of these guys that maybe lacks that sexiness factor to get him a spot or two higher in this draft. This is like settling for the guy I think most teams see that has starter potential in the NBA, perhaps like really good starter uh, potential in the NBA, but it's hard for NBA teams to project him at like a superstar level where I think they they can talk themselves into that with LaMelo Ball, with James Wiseman, with Anthony Edwards. Halliburton, is that's that's a harder conversation that I've heard scouts sort of having for him, which is why he sort of sits next to that next tier. But I, I love his game. I think he's an interesting prospect for any team that would take him I wouldn't personally shy away from taking him at like number two with the Golden State Warriors. I think that he in many ways 
might be the prospect in this draft that would add something to that team next year as they try to compete for a championship. Uh, though you can make the argument that they should just develop a young player that maybe has more upside. Uh, I just really like Halliburton. I think a lot of teams do as well. There's a few that have him ranked lower. And on our projections, he goes uh, draft ranges three to 10. Uh, so there are some teams that definitely have him lower. And you're going to hear this over and over again as a reoccurring theme. So Chad's much higher on him. And if you want to hear more about the NBA draft, and Chad Ford is probably the best in the business. He's got a podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. He's higher on him. The fact that he would take him at two, I think, is kind of interesting. And he clearly is an NBA-ready enough prospect that if you do trade up and then need to throw him into big minutes, while this class is going to suffer, I don't think he's going to suffer as much as some other guys do. And I think that's worth keeping in mind as we look to the draft and who the Pelicans should take and if they should trade up for someone. So Tyrese Halliburton is probably a guy that I would trade up to seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range, maybe six, if you could swing it with the Atlanta Hawks and that's the guy you want and Killian Hayes isn't there. I think there's some options for New Orleans as they look to get a little bit aggressive in the 2020 draft coming up next week. So that's going to do it for this segment. One more segment, NBA coaching news, who's leaving who's most likely leaving as well before we wrap up today's show. So stick around. We got that coming for you here in just a minute. Okay, wrapping up today's show, just some quick bits of news about the Pelicans. We're going to focus more tomorrow on the sixth pick because as I was recording this, some news came out that maybe they're looking to move up to six and the Atlanta Hawks. Definitely is worth really diving into. I think this is a realistic option for New Orleans. Um, Other news is Jamel McMillan. Assistant coach not returning to the Pelicans next season. This was from Christian Clark of The Advocate. Um, parting ways, he had been here for a while under Monty Williams. Staff stayed under Alvin Gentry, left to go to the Suns a year ago, then came back this past season. It was a good dude to have on the bench, I think. And really connected with a lot of players. Helped Drew Holiday become that all-defensive player through his coaching and the connection that he's able to build and the relationships he had here. So this is definitely a loss for New Orleans, I think, to some degree. But as a new regime comes in and they really want to make changes, it's not a real big surprise. One of the things that did shock me last year was how much of the front office remained the same. There was not a house cleaning after Del Demps was let go um, and they brought in David Griffin. Part of it is because I think you just need some work to get done and you can't just fire everyone and then hire all new people and then hit the ground running like the Pelicans and David Griffin wanted to do. So you're seeing some more staffing changes in the front office and on the coaching staff right now because they've had some time they're able to do this gradually in steps so this is no surprise that Jamel McMillan's gone there's a couple of other changes they've made to the front office too in terms of the analytics department guys going out guys coming in all of that so it's not a big shock that over time you kind of change everything rather than doing it all at once. It's likely, as I've been saying, that Chris Finch is not going to be coming back to New Orleans this year. I don't think they're that high on him. We'll see where he lands. And there you go. There's your kind of staffing updates for your New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, more to come on the draft the rest of the week. And next week, don't forget, tune into the Lockdown NBA podcast to hear all of that as well. We'll start getting to who, what pick I made with the 13th pick on Friday's show so we can time these well. But make sure you check it out. This is one of my favorite things to be involved in and listen to all year. Like This is the, the only stuff you need to listen to to really know about the draft because the guys who cover the team on a daily basis are making the pick. They're not going to make bad 
picks because they know what the team needs. So make sure you give a listen to that and subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.